0: Welcome to Give Him Hell, Brigham. Jeff, my internet is spotty. I think there's a storm in Utah County right now and I'm at my parents' house and the Wi-Fi is not great. So I'm using the hotspot on my phone. And, uh, but, so hopefully this recording goes okay. It hopefully goes as good as our uh, our kind of preseason recording that we did yesterday. You and I, we had a, uh, we tried on our Discord server, which if you have not gotten on there, go to com, click the Discord button at the top of the screen and at the top of the page in the menu, and come join us on Discord. It's been really fun. Like having the constant feedback of like having the chat room. We did like a clubhouse style thing where you and I moderated a conversation. People could raise their hand like a call-in show and share their thoughts. So we threw that on as a bonus episode yesterday. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I'm excited to use that format for our post-game shows throughout the season. I, I've really enjoyed the Discord. What is Discord? Okay, folks. Because Discord, maybe you don't know about it. Discord is... It's like a chat room. It's like Slack. It's a, a messaging channel, server, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the BYU, the Give Him Hell Brigham Discord channel is popping. There's always people there. There's always a conversation uh, going on about BYU. You know, there's always people who are willing to talk about it. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We do some cool stuff there. So if you are not a subscriber to the Give Him Hell Brigham newsletter yet, that is one of the primary reasons that you should become a subscriber is because of the access to that discord channel. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, So, and we've got, let's see, different channels that we have. So we have some free stuff. We have some just like for the VIPs, like you said. We've got like a general channel. We've got game threads. So we'll be able basically chat room during the thread, kind of all, or during the games all contained. We've got football specific BYU hoops, other BYU sports, college football, college hoops, other college sports. We've got jobs posting and hunting. So if your family needs help, you need help finding a job, or you're trying to hire somebody, we'll try to network, help you there. We have a general Q&A. Uh, we've got food stuff. We got a Cougars and the Pro stuff. We've got me a Beams channel uh, that we just threw up there. Um, so it's just it's been a lot of. It's fun. a lot like. It, it's a lot like what like Cougar Board used to be. Like Cougar Board wasn't always what it is today, and I and, and there's still good that comes from Cougar Board. Like there are some people who are going to say it's just a cesspool of the worst blah 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 blah. I still check the top ten just about every day. I don't. I, I think I have an old account. I haven't logged into an account. I don't post. I still check it. I know that you're active on CougarBoard. Like CougarBoard's still I, great. I'm gonna log. I'm gonna log into my account, which I have not logged in in a very long time. I don't even have the password still. I'm gonna see. Is your pet username Rakudo Ten? Rakudu, Whatever it is. Uh, uh yes. There's another Rakuto that once upon a time I learned, and I think people think that's me, but uh, Rakuto Ten is is who I am. Uh, if you search your name on there, actually, it comes up with a, a TikTok that you – a tweet that you posted. Yeah, I think that there. I – somebody has pointed that out to me that you can search your name, and I've done that before just because, you know, I'm a narcissist. I like my name, and uh, I, 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 I appear – like, people talk about me on Cougar Board, but uh, anyway, I I do have a login, and I think it Rakutu Rekutu10. But I don't know. I don't know. It's been a long, long time. It it looks like uh, September 5th, 2012. Yeah. So there you go. Almost 10 years. And uh, anyway, whatever. All I'm saying is that the Discord channel... There's a lot of different things. Like, There's that community feel, that, like what you get out of Cougar Board, but without all of the other craziness. And maybe if we grow to, you know, as many subscribers as are the, that are on Cougar Board, if that's how many are on the Discord channel, maybe it does get a little bit crazy. But the thing I like about it, Garrett, is that you and I are the mods. So if it gets I a little bit nuts- I will kick you the hell out of there if you are annoying. That's actually one of the rules. If multiple people complain about you, we'll just kick you out. Like I don't. We're here yep. to have fun. We're not here yep. to argue. It is a politics-free zone, and it is to enjoy the highest of highs and band together in our deepest of sorrows when BYU wins and loses. It's true. Now, we are going to dabble into politics right now. Not American politics, but New Zealand politics. Oh, I love, the... I love Kiwis. Best, Most underrated <laughs> for, on the planet. So one thing that is interesting, Chris Hipkins… His official title over there in New Zealand is he is the COVID response minister. Ugh. And I don't know what exactly that means, but I like it. I think it sounds kind of cool. And he made a mistake today. Uh, and it's become a meme in New Zealand. And I hope that maybe we maybe we can replicate it and make it the new motto of America. But he was talking <laughs> about uh, COVID and how it's starting to spread again. And, and it's, you know, the variants, blah, blah, blah. And he said that it's, it's getting difficult to socially distance. And I think that he was probably doing this as a, something with the vaccine. I don't know the context. But he said, it is a challenge in higher density areas for people to get outside and spread their legs when they're surrounded by other people. Well, he meant to say stretch their legs, but he said spread their legs. And so instantly, the Internet did what the Internet does and they have made the COVID response minister's new motto, spread your legs, not COVID. And <laughs> I, for one, think that's wonderful. Oh, gosh. Spread I mean, your legs, not COVID. Now, for those of us who are innocent, and there are many, uh, there's a euphemism there. And if you think about it for more than maybe 10 or 7, 10 or 12 seconds or so. second, I think, second, I think milliseconds. I, I, well, if it takes you 10 or 12 seconds, then... Listen, know. it's a kid show. Like we don't know how many children are watching, and maybe they don't know yet. This is like, true. Ask your I don't mom. Know, ask your mom. I don't know how many. How how old was I? I don't know. But we're getting weird, and we're 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 treading a fine line. Um, but for a long time, I had a friend, and we never corrected him. We had a friend, and it really was a friend. I'm not just saying it was a friend. It wasn't me, but I had a friend up until I was like 11 or 12 years old that he thought that having sex was just your parents getting naked and hugging. So like there might be some people who don't understand the spread your legs euphemism there. I don't know. Yeah. This kid was 12 years old and he just thought it was a hug. I, it, I don't know. Oh, no. Dude, uh, so we've, that's we've that's it hilarious a, to me. We've treaded into an area that we don't often go on the give them hell break a podcast, but here's the thing, folks, it's late. We're getting tired. Uh, We just had a call, a business call. I got to see the real business side of Garrett of talking strategy and using lots of acronyms. Like it was great. We had a wonderful business call with the potential business partner. And really the long, you know, at the end of the day, the long, Uh, takeaway from the call is that we need more subscribers so all of this is to say spread your legs don't spread covid and please subscribe to give them Brigham the newsletter because that's what we need the yes and we do have i think in the next week or so we will probably reach uh 200 total subscribers so not all paid but 200 total and on the discord and so the discord's open to everybody we do have some channels that are kind of sectioned off just for vips and um in the post game shows the vip subscribers are who the ones we'll let on and talk but we've got um, we should hit a hundred people on the discord server in the next day in the next week or so as well so if yeah, things are growing really well it's the feedback has been great in terms of the community building like we're trying to build a community here um and part of that community is recognizing our hellions now we've kind of we had a good run of the hellion in the week we've kind of gotten we got away from got away from our roots and weren't always, you know, requesting those nominations. And occasionally some people would give us one. So we just want to remind you that if, you know, maybe it's not, we're not going to search out every single thing, but if we occasionally see something or someone nominates someone, we will, we will always take care of the hellion of the week. Uh, so our first hellion of the week is uh, Tahima Himuli um, Jr., which I don't, did you not have, I don't know if you knew this, but like, have you seen, you've seen the deep blue videos that BYU has put out? Did you know they started a podcast I did know that, yes. So, in the podcast, y'all should check it out. It's uh, Jerem Jordan hosts it, and it's like hour-long interviews with different athletes. So, like, one of the ones was with, um, you know, one of the ones was with uh, Greg Rubell. They've done other, you know, other players. So, the former athletes, current athletes, and then one of the ones, um, it, you know, the one with Lopa Leotawa was awesome. Um, he snuck in there that Bronco called his mission president and tried to recruit him to Virginia while he was on his mission. What the hell, Bronco. Oh, wow. Um, but the, the one with Hamuli was awesome. And, um, it was pretty interesting. He did share that he's, his name is Hema Hamuli junior, even though his dad is Lake Hamuli, because in Polynesian culture, you do not name a child after yourself. You name it after a sibling or like a grandpa, whatever, but then you still keep the junior it's like, and so I guess normally in English you do the second, if it's not like a father's, like, if you're named after an uncle, you'd be like Jeff Hanson, the second, but hmm. in they still just like do that, whatever. But Hema is a producer at BYU TV. He went over there from PSL sports. He got COVID real bad and was in the hospital and uh, was, he said things were very close and turned very South and he is fully recovered now. And so Hima is a great producer. He's great at what he does. Um, He's especially part of his, what he's going at BYU TV to do is to bring a lot more of like Polynesian influence to some of the media and basically, you know, even give some representation to that very, very large segment of our fan base. Um, and that's, I think, obviously, the Polynesian culture is something that BYU fans are appreciative of. And, it you know, we kind of, like, if you watch BYU TV, if you watch BYU Sports Nation or after further review or with the pregame show, the postgame show, there's, despite the impact, you know, having a Polynesian head coach, multiple Polynesian assistants, having, you know, obviously the incredible history of polynesian culture at byu and the significance of the church on the polynesian islands like th- there is not a lot of polynesian flair and obviously not saying everything needs to be like hyped up you know polyville whatever like it's not turned into the polynesian media center but like you know it's he is part of why he's is there is to bring that flair and kind of showcase that and that is meaningful and that's really cool so shout out team up for being healthy other hellion of the week i don't know if you know i put cam harper down on here hopefully none of Hopefully certain people don't listen to this, but Cam is a good friend of mine. He texted me, he's the in the young man's in his ward, and he texted me that dodgeball was the best young man's activity because dodgeball is fun and then you get to throw balls at the kids that are annoying in your preschool or oh, teacher's school hey or man. whatever it is. And so the fact that he openly said that is hilarious to me, so shout out to Cam. And I like was trying hard not to laugh when I read his text while we, after we'd already started recording. So good I, job, Cam. I debated even saying his name or not. Maybe I should go back and bleep it out. So hopefully no. there's probably not in the listeners and, or no, maybe some of the be, parents, maybe some of the parents, the, the parents of those kids who deserve to be hit are probably not listening. And if you are listening to this, you're probably like, yeah, my kid deserved it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was in the young man's, uh, I mean, here's, here's the tale. I was in the scouts and then the deacons quorum. And then I got released at a, after about two years. So after most of my deacons, I came in and there was 13 deacons and they had all turned 12 within like a three or four month span. So I was in there with pretty well their entire tenure as the deacons quorum. Then I got called as a Sunday school teacher teaching 14 year old. school. And then I just have graduated and uh, as they have graduated and gotten older, I have taught the 14, 15, 16, and now I am teaching 17 and 18 year olds. I've taught the same group of boys for the entire time that I have lived in this house. And so that's like five plus years now. And they're great kids. I've learned to really, really love them, but I can say with absolute certainty that the ones who need to be hit with a the dodgeball? They know who they are. The ones who need to be hit with a the dodgeball, their parents know who they are, and and they aren't going to be offended if you hit them with the dodgeball. How do I know this? Not because I've hit them with the dodgeball, but I have let uh, many profanities fly directed in the direction of several kids and in moments of weakness. And those parents have said, you know what? We're the ones who are really sorry, Brother Hanson. That this is where you ended up getting to. I also hit one in the face with a snowball. And his face was a little bloody, so he got sent home from mutual that night with a bloody face. And I felt like I, I mean, I was responsible. I didn't feel like I was responsible. And so I I sought out that parent uh, that next Sunday, and I wanted to apologize. And they said, Jeff, do you know how many times I've wanted to hit my own kid with a snowball? Thank you. They thanked me. So I get it. And I think that that brother cam harper we can all relate if you're right uh hitting kids with a dodgeball it's more satisfying than it should be we'll so it. that that is a hellion and, yeah absolutely and now that we have our hellions we are all hallions because yeah. jaron hall was named the quarterback. And that is good. We wrote about this. You probably wrote about this on 24 seven. I did our newsletter on Monday on given help, Brigham was about this Um, journal is good. Like I know people are worried and I, the concern about his health is there, right? Like it's, he got two concussions in the two games that he started in 2019. And then now he is, you know, misses all of last year with a hip injury right and so uh-huh. it's like it you're like uh is his body gonna hold together but you watch back in like that usf game and that first half against utah state dude, he was dynamite like with his legs running on the ground he was throwing ball the touchdown throw to dax mill against usf was a beautiful throw and then he had um i remember there was like a 10 yard is a throw that was very underrated by fans because it didn't like look great, but it was the the rollout throw across his body. Uh, he had for like, a, it was for like a 12-yard gain or something like that against Utah State, rolling to his left, throwing like on the money. Like that's not an easy throw and he looked comfortable doing it. And we saw a similar throw um, at the tail end of the highlights from the scrimmage last week on Saturday. And so there was no surprise that it was Jaren Hall. I think everybody knew this. I think, I mean, back in the summer, you and I kind of thought like, you know, that it would be Conover. Um, I think in March, we kind of, that was like our bold prediction. And then once we got through spring ball, um, you know, it appeared that Jaron was fully healthy and like that hip wasn't bothering him. And he, you know, he continued to separate himself. And so we thought like, you know, it was Conover was just back home from his mission nipping at his heels and maybe he would get, you know, overtake him. Um, And it's, you know, there is a depth chart. They are one, two, three, um, how separated they are. I don't know. And I think ultimately too, it's, you look at the experience in the program, just the maturity even throws aside like the maturity in the program of being there. And just, I mean, Conover's not slow. Baylor Romney's not slow. Jaron is fast. And so being able to have that to fall back on is something. Um, So Baylor Romney is number two. Jacob Conover is number three. I think push comes to shove. It's set this way to try to preserve Conover's red shirt, if possible. If, if a quarterback gets hurt and goes down in the third quarter, Baylor Romney is the game manager. You put in the game manager to try to n- not have things completely fall apart. Right. And just keep it glued together, get to the end of the game. And then I think if like, ultimately, if I think Jaron Hall gets hurt, Baylor will finish the game and then it's going to say, okay, it is open ball. Like it is open. Lino for the rest of this like the next week at practice it's going to be like okay we are right. you know open who's actually going to get the start like
1: what's yeah. going to have
0: happen and we may see jacob conover get tried it out there or depending on who it may be i mean you may see where it's like okay well it's idaho state we're going to play jaron because or baylor because we're not going to waste one of conover's four games against idaho state we don't need to right and yeah. so it's you know yeah. it, it, there's there is some gamesmanship there um i think you know it's not like a huge gap between anyone I think you could win with anyone but it's just the dynamic ability of Jaron's legs just add an extra dimension and it is his what third to do fourth year in the program because what he got home from his mission in 2018 and redshirted mm-hmm. and then played in 2019 got hurt mm-hmm. and then 2020 had his COVID year where he was basically a player coach for the whole season just kind of at Roderick's side the whole time um, didn't yep. suit up for anything but was listed as the number two the whole season even though he wasn't even in pads Sweet. and and so it's you know just his time in the program it is his time in that video did you see you saw the video that they put out yeah I bought right it like it chain. right like he is wearing a, like the video it's like when he's wearing was wearing a gold chain in like his media interviews and then the video of him when they announced it, he's like qb1 it's like he's got the mustache he just spins the ball like he just he has the look in his eyes like he's got that swagger about him where he's just like i know i'm good i don't care what you think i'm gonna go play and i'm gonna show you what i can do and that is like he's really good he's really really good we need to talk about his running game because that's what makes him really good like he he can throw and i think he's really gonna surprise people who maybe don't remember what he looked like in 2019 or we just didn't see enough of it in 2019. He can throw like there's no question. He can make any of the throws he's going to be asked to make. His arm strength is exceptional. I I I, I don't say this lightly. It's going to rival Zach's arm strength. Like he he can throw the ball, but it's his legs that makes him so dynamic. And I wrote about this on 24/7 today uh, because people are worried about his injury history. Uh, well, I hope that. You know, I've seen comments. I hope that uh, the coaches only call one or two designed quarterback runs. I hope that Jaron protects his body. I hope he, you know, blah, 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 blah. The same kind of stuff that you heard with with Taysom Hill after, you know, the first two or three of his injuries. And I understand the argument, right? Like Jaron's got to protect himself and the coaches need to protect Jaron as much as they can. But what I I wrote about was uh, think of duck hunting. I don't know how, Garrett, if you duck hunt, I think you hunt. your dad I, I, Yes, I have gone duck hunting before. And so you think of a, of a duck hunt in like a swamp, right? And you go the night before, you set up decoys, you get your blind set up, you maybe take a boat, whatever, you wear your your wetsuit, whatever you need to do, put your camo on, you go into that blind and you have your calls and you start calling in ducks. Now imagine trying to duck hunt without the gun right? Like you got to call those ducks right into the blind with you. You're not going to be successful. And I know that's obvious, a kind of a dumb analogy, but what is the moral? You're not going to go duck hunting without a gun. Like you're not going to take your most effective weapon at hunting ducks and leave it in the truck. You, you are going to bring your gun. Does that make the hunt a little bit more dangerous? Well, of course it does. Like the, the, the gun is what could kill somebody is going to kill a duck the gun has some uh, inherent danger with it but you're going to do it because that's what makes duck hunting effective for you it's not an apples to apples comparison which is a stupid thing to say we've talked about it why can't fruit be compared but taking away jaron's legs and saying don't run or we're going to go out of our way to not call running plays is taking away his duck hunting gun What makes him special while he can make every throw it's his legs that make him the potential to be elite. He is so fast. Watch that USF game. Anybody, not only is he fast, he runs like a running back. He runs like his dad. He has great vision. He has uh, the ability to one cut hit a seam like a running back does. He can, his running game is good enough to make up for some of the deficiencies in the blocking schemes. You know, he, he uh, uh, an offensive guard can whiff on a block and Jaron is good enough to make a guy miss and make a play out of that play anyways. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. that first half, ta- in the first half against USU, he was 12 of 16 for 214 yards, 75% and had seven carries, 54 yards, two TDs. So average 7.7 yards a carry like He's sign good. me up. Yeah. Well, and I do mostly because I like to shit on the Aggies when we get a chance, uh that Utah State defense was just awful was bad. bad. They were all the bad. They were yeah. they were. Have you seen a, the video of Shaq? He's getting interviewed by Craig Sager, and Craig Sager says something like, Hey, what are you gonna do now that you're blah blah blah? And and Shaq just looks at him. And he's like, I'm gonna buy you a new suit. That suit is awful. No, it's horrible, it's horrible. Like, that's <laughs> how bad that Utah State. Was they were horror awful, yeah? They, they were terrible, but it's still like that's not you don't complete 75% of your passes even against a bad defense unless you are good, right? That's and good. it's well, look, and we, I mean, we've talked about the, the drop off, right? Like that, we that's talked, the kind of stat line that Zach had last year against crappy teams, and he's playing for the Jets, right? And we we have said, like, right, that the, the drop off, you know, we're talking about the drop off of um, you know, the players, you know, from Wilson. To hall and we've said that you don't think there's a lot of drop off and some idiots out there said like oh so you're saying he's going to be like the number two or three pick like he's definitely going to be fine it's like no it's you're talking about playing you're talking about putting up numbers and winning games in a college system there are plenty of great college quarterbacks who never play in the nfl like max hall won more games as a starting quarterback than any other quarterback at byu and he didn't get drafted but he followed up after john beck Yeah, you know, John Beck was a second round draft pick, you know, and he had a bunch of games. Ty Detmer won a freaking Heisman and got drafted in like the ninth round just because his game did not translate to the NFL. Yeah, Ty Detmer wasn't a 15-year NFL vet because he was winning games and and throwing for 400 yards a game. Like Right. He was there because he was smart. Right. And, yeah, ninth pick, 230th overall. He, Ty Detmer would have been an undrafted free agent if the draft was today. Steve Sarkeesian never played in the NFL. he was one of the best quarterbacks BYU history ever played in the NFL. And there's plenty of guys that put up great numbers and you can have like no drop-off, right. Or same with John Walsh, right? Like it's John Walsh, Steve Sharkeesian. like there is, you know, you put up good numbers and win games and within the system, there is no drop-off, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are an NFL talent that said, Jaron Hall's good. If he puts up good numbers and if Zach Wilson does well, and Jaron Hall puts up good numbers and wins ball games, and has, especially with the added flair of his feet. And Zach Wilson does well. And people know, oh, Jaron Hall was coached by Aaron Roderick and in the offseason trained with John Beck. Like Zach Wilson doing well will boost Jaron Hall's, you know, will boost Jaren Hall's draft status. Is it? Does it mean he's gonna be a first rounder? No, does it mean that if he starts the next three years and throws for 3,500 or 4,000 yards and rushes for 500 more yards a year for the next three years, is he going to get drafted? Yes, right? Like Max Hall didn't get drafted because he's like 5'10 and weighed like a buck 85 and he didn't have the strongest arm, right? Like he didn't have the physical measurables to pop off the page the way John Beck did, being a little bit taller, a little bit bulkier and having a much stronger arm. Like John Beck had a freaking cannon. And so if Jaron Hall goes and puts up those numbers and Zach Wilson continues to do well. It's like, oh, you know, scouts, they look at that, right? Like you look and say, oh, we trust, you know, we trust quarterbacks that were coached by Aaron Roderick and John Beck because they knew what they were doing. We talked to this kid. We can tell he knows what he's doing. He can make all of the throws and he's a good athlete. Like, you know, maybe he gets drafted in like the fourth round. I don't know. Like he, but the potential the NFL, is there. The, the NFL is a different, it's a different era too, right? Like, but this is the kind of, this is the kind of performance that uh, that Jaron would have to put on in order to be drafted. Baker Mayfield is 6'1", 215 pounds. Like Jaron Hall is six one, two hundred five. Russell Wilson is is 5'11", 215. Kyler Murray is five ten, two oh seven. He would have to put up the kind of numbers that Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield that Russell Wilson did during their last seasons. You know, their senior seasons at their respective schools. But yeah, Jaron Hall could get a shot. But for every Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield that is bananas good and wins the Heisman and ends up being an NFL draft pick, there's a whole bunch of college quarterbacks who are very, very effective. I have nightmares still to this day about Bradley Van Pelt just destroying BYU in a Colorado State uniform. And as far as I know, I think he played for the Broncos for a year or two, but didn't really get a sniff. Like he never really was an NFL guy. There are so many good college quarterbacks that don't make it to the league. Christian Stewart had a great year. He didn't even pretend like he was going to be a pro prospect. Riley Nelson is good. He wasn't a pro. Like everybody knew he was never going to be a pro, but he was good. He could move the ball and win games. So, yeah, I mean, I just popped in on looking at sport reference and looking at the 2019 college football passing later. Skip 2020 because it's weird, right? Obviously, Joe Burrow led the country in passing with 5,600 yards, whatever. It's like yeah, Cole McDonald from Hawaii. He threw for 4,200 yards and 33 touchdowns. That was a great quarterback. He's not playing in the NFL. Shane Bouchelle was great at SMU. Was man at Texas. He's not playing in the NFL. Like you got you know Buckshot Calvert from Liberty, dude. I'd take that dude What's on my team. Not, dude, I forgot. I mean, just him. for his name, like Chris Robinson was the starting quarterback at Florida Atlantic, right? You got you ever heard of uh, Caleb Barker, the starting quarterback at Troy? Nope. He threw for 3,700 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. I'd take There's, that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, but he was just not a good, you know, he's just not a rushing, you know, he's just not, you know, a great pro prospect. But that doesn't mean you're not a very, very good college quarterback. Yep. Uh, completely agree. So Jaron's number one, Baylor two, Conover three. There's some f- fuzzy lines between two and three. Uh, the rest of the depth chart doesn't come out till Monday. Uh, just real quick. I don't want to delve too much into it, Garrett, but I'm interested. I mean, there's four real battles, I think. And it really depends on how you want to dissect it. But uh, in my mind, there are four, maybe five. If you split the defensive line into tackles and ends, different position battles that, that we're not going to find out who the starters are until Monday when the game notes come out for the week. I want to hear your prediction. So offensive guard, who are the two offensive guards who start in your mind? Oh didn't. I mean, Clark Barrington yeah. is probably Yeah, it's gonna be Barrington. I'm thinking at the other side, it's probably going to be Connor Pay. And I I think I'd like it to be Connor Pay. I feel like Tukuafu maybe gets the nod because of a little bit more experience. I think Pay is probably better, but I could see Tukuafu being. Slotted next to him, Tukuafu plays a lot better when he gets to play alongside James Empey. I'm well, gonna go with Tuk- well, right? And I'm gonna go with Tukuafu, but I i, I kind of want to agree with you. I think I, I would pick pay personally. Uh, defensive line just go straight, let's assume a four and also front. with uh, the tackle position. So we talked about the guard tackle positions. Blake Freelance moving to the left side, he's gonna be left tackle. We're seeing Braden Kime is going to be on the right side. Or who is going to be the other tackle? Uh, Harris, LeChance, or it's Harris, LeChance. Okay, and but Kime, Kime is the third tackle, and he'll probably get some run on both sides as kind of being one of the next guys off the bench. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. So it's and so I think the top seven are probably are going to be obviously going to be Freeland, Barrington, Empey, Pay, LeChance, and then Tukuafu, the second guy in the interior three spots or maybe pay one of those two right and then Braden kime will be these the out the edge right the the tackle coming in on either side and, and, if, and Braden kime isn't a sexy name he's a walk-on a former basketball guy like out of springville he was really kind of an unknown dude uh there's a lot of excitement about him within the program like there are people who think he is going to be very very good so well, we may not know a ton about him, uh, I, there's reason to be optimistic about his potential. Right. And we also, I mean, there's also guys that I can play inside, like Cade Parish is no slouch, right? Like he had P5 offers coming out of snow and BYU was short on scholarships. He, I think, was with, I don't know how many kids are in his family or whatever, I think it was, you know, basically, if, right, like BYU is affordable that if you get any type of like Pell Grant or anything like that, it basically covers tuition and obviously, you know, Bill Barr is there. So he was like, hey, like, I can make it work to go to BYU, you know, and be close to family, whatever. Like he's not a slouch either. And he has juco oh, experience. He can play. He can play. You play. Know, you, you What's know, and cool he, is that that Pell grant money now just gets to go into his pocket because built while covering tuition is not a scholarship. Correct. And so, so he still gets all that Pell grant money. So good for him. Yep. And, and so, for all of them. yeah, so I, it is exciting there. Um, so he will be in there. Who else would you say is kind of that next? Uh, Campbell, kind of- Campbell Barrington, to me, he, he's really going to step up. Um, I, I've heard positive feedback on him so far. I've heard good things about Brock Gunderson, that, that he looks good coming off his mission. And then uh, Dylan Rollins on the outside. Uh, he's young, he's raw. He reminds me a lot of Blake Freeland during his freshman year. Uh, Blake Freeland, he made immense strides as like from week to week to week. Uh, if he would have started week one, it would have been a, it would have been a shit show. Like he, he was not ready to go, but he just progressed so quickly. And, and I think Rollins needs to do the same. Um, by the time BYU played, you know, Boise in week you know, seven or whatever that was uh, Freeland started and played really, really well. And it's just been that same kind of trajectory for him since that moment. I think Rollins would have to have that same kind of progression that is just almost exponential, in order to play like Blake Freeland, but he really reminds me of like that fresh out of Harriman high school, Blake Freeland in terms of how raw he is, but the, the potential was there. I feel good. I feel good about the offensive line. A lot of people don't. I do. The depth is a little bit worrisome. So if there's, you know, two or three injuries, you're a little bit concerned, but the emergence of guys like Kime, the addition of Parrish, uh, you know, even Hunter Hill, if he's able to find a waiver and somehow make it so that he can play like that's a guy who's been playing college ball. I think the depth is there. Uh, I'm mostly curious about the scheme under coach funk. I have a lot of faith in coach funk, but until we see it on the field, we don't know what it looks like. Um, yeah. So I feel good. I I haven't heard anything. I'm interested to see how Donovan Hannah plays out on the offensive line. He's a little smaller. So like kind, kind of the reason that he's so excited is because he's listed at six, eight, 300. Like you can't coach being a six, eight tackle, right. And you have right. the reach. And if you have an, you know, an ounce of athletic ability and some strength and, you know, what's about you, you can become a very serviceable tackle. Um, and, you know, where Donovan Hannah, I always, there's something about the tight end that converts to an offensive lineman. That is always the Joe exciting. To me. Right. And so, or, you know, and Hannah's about the same size, right? He's six, four, he's up to 295 pounds. Now he was coached by Max Hall and Dennis Pitta in high school. Um down at ALA Queen Creek. And in he, what, you know, was, he was in he was coaching in the then? Uh they may have overlapped a year. Pitta may have started the next year. Oh. But they're there now. And Ty is on that staff as well. So Ty, Max, and Dennis pitta are all on the same coaching staff together. What a, what a um, world. And so they, you know, he, you know, he had almost a thousand yards receiving and 10 touchdowns his senior year, and then like 30 tackles and four sacks and limited playing time, whatever. And then he was also an all-state basketball player who averaged 19.6 points and 11.9 rebounds as a senior. And then as a junior averaged 15 and a half points and 13 rebounds as a junior, but right? Like he is an athlete. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a tight end, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Cause when he got recruited, it was like, he didn't like weigh two, that much. He was like two twenty. He was, small. yeah. You, you like, it was very much like a, uh, you are kind of a slower wide receiver kind of thing. Like, oh, uh, and then yeah. I was like, oh, you slap him up to 300. You're like, okay, we slopped 70 pounds on a guy that was a tight end who is athletic enough to average a double-double playing basketball. Now I'm intrigued. Now yeah. can you, you know, yeah. show me something? And that's, a, you know, it is kind of like how Blake Freeland went from being a quarterback to now playing tackle. You know, there is some progression that has to happen and you don't become a good old lineman overnight, but I am intrigued. Yep, I agree. Uh, real quick, defensive line, who are your, let's assume, a four-man front just because we need the names. Uh, who are your four guys? The four guys are going to be Batty and Leotel on the outside and Ken Haas and Nasa Mahe on the inside will be the four that try to at least, I think, get the most reps out the gate. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably there. Um, and who else do you think is going to be in? who's the – rotation Get, working Gabe in summers earl Toyote mariner uh fisher jackson i i hope so man i mean he's got the potential his, to be really his name good. is pop pops up
1: and it's because it summers
0: and jackson are both again like both walk-ons so it's like is that concerning maybe yes like why are I, why are why are the know, walk-ons names popping up or is it just <laughs> we found some guys that hated girls for on their mission and they came back and it's like oh you are better now than you were before It is. Mission helps. It is concerning, but not because of the product on the field. It's concerning because who the hell are we giving scholarships to? Like, I I love BYU's walk on program and and I have faith anytime a walk on shows up. But like, guys, then use that scholarship. Like if you're so confident in your walk ons, then dream big and go for the four or five stars, deep deep defensive ends out of the transfer portal like tyson williams that have no business coming to byu but somehow come to byu anyways like who are the scholarships going to if all these walk-ons keep popping up that's the concerning part yeah and i think he he will get them a lot of snaps but i don't necessarily know that he'll maybe be a starter in there obviously are you know a give him hell athlete lorenzo Fawatea, um but he is kind of slim down like lorenzo in play he's inside playing outside He's he's fully moved outside, or is he flipping back and forth, kind of doing both? No, he he's playing outside, and he's pumped about it. That's that's the position he grew up playing. That's what he was recruited right. as initially. he's still um, listed at six four, three hundred, so he won't. He and that isn't true. He he told me I talked with him just a couple of days ago, and I think he's down to like two eighty eight, like okay. two ninety. So is what he, he he's slimmed up out. more, but he is more of you know where Tyler Batty is the slimmer. I'm going to be an edge rusher. Yep. is a true defensive end and yep. so so how those shake out you know we know with having 47 different positions on the depth chart like how snaps actually shake out will vary from game to game based on how they are used because even though they're both defensive ends they will be used differently in different scenarios um but it's i think though that will be right that will be the five um, yeah i agree most like that will be the five kind of that are getting the bulk of it with also um, and the sixth guy would be Pepe Tanuvasa. Um And so, you know, those will be the six guys that get the bulk of the reps at least to start the season. Uh, yeah, I agree. And Pepe is, you know, that's a good poll. Good name because he's popped up a lot. Uh, safeties. I, I think Chaz Ayu is penciled in as a starter. There's been rumors about Chaz and his eligibility uh, and there were some issues, but it sounds like everything has been worked through. He's going to be good to go. So I think we can ignore those rumors, put those to bed. Uh, Chaz, are you? And who do you think starts on the other side at free safety? I I mean, the, the easy pick is, is Malik Moore, but I don't know if he starts. Who I mean, I guess is it Malik Moore or is George Udo really ready to go? Well, even if George Udo is ready to go, I'm or, not convinced that he plays free safety. I don't think he's fast enough. I I, I really, the name that I continue to hear is Ethan Slade. And I don't know if he's going to start. I think he's cemented himself in the two deep after his camp performance. But I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything negative about Malik Moore, but I haven't heard a ton of positive things either. I just haven't really heard about him right and i've heard a ton of positive about ethan slade and if ethan slade is ready to go i could see a world where he starts alongside chaz iu and that would be another walk on that that is you know making a lineup and it'd be a little bit weird but he was a baller at orem and if he's balled out after his mission i i don't really have a reason yeah um i don't to doubt him if the coaches have seen enough I, I think he has the talent and ability right so who else kind of i guess who would be next so i guess the if we said the four rounding out the two deep right you're saying slade more one way or the other Chaz are you obviously and who else are we lumping in there is it safety like is d'angelo mandale going to get moved over and get some run at safety is it going to be um you know i Obviously, Jared Capici is still in the program. Um, I yeah. You know, I, you know, I do Jacques Wilson I, is back. I don't see. You know, I really don't see. Uh, we have to think of who the coaches. Who's coaching the safeties? It's Ed Lamb, and Ed Lamb. He he trusts his development, and he's pretty good at it, especially in the safety position. Unless there's an injury or two, I. I know that it seems like a, an easy decision to move some guys over and Kalani alluded to it, that they could, but in my mind, Ed Lamb is going to feel pretty solid about one of either Jared Capici, who I would feel meh on or Hayden Livingston, Ammon Hanneman or Dean Jones, like some of these, you know, lightly recruited guys that, that just work their tails off. That's kind of what Ed Lamb has made a career off of. And I, I, I think it would be one of those guys who slots in before somebody like D'Lo or whoever else moving over from the corner spot. Whether that's the call I would personally make, I don't think I would. I think I would move talent over. But knowing what we know about Coach Lamb, I, I think he would probably throw in a guy like Dean Jones before moving somebody out of the corner position. And Dean Jones has gotten, we've heard his name a few times come out of camp and he's kind of been mentioned a couple of times by coaches and he's, he's been a surprise. Right. Um, but I think it's, you know, when you look at the the safety position just really hasn't been talked about, like it's not people have been so focused on the quarterback position and so focused on like, Oh yeah, if Chaz all you play safety. I almost kind of like forgot that there's a whole other say, half of the defensive backfield there to worry about and Phil and you know, and it's who is going to fill that. And it's not like the coaches haven't been pressed on it. There haven't been a lot of comments about it. Every clip that you watch, like the rotation going through is like a million deep of, you know, like you never, it's not like you say, oh, like, you know, oh, it seems like he's in more of the clips than everybody else. So you can probably guess, like, it's just kind of, that's probably been the biggest mystery coming out of camp is what is that safety rotation or who is going to get the bulk of those snaps opposite of Chaz Ayu. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And the other thing we know about Coach Lamb is when the uh, when the depth chart gets released. Don't believe any of it. <laughs> That's the other thing we know. Uh, corners, who are your two? Let's just pick two. Let's assume the nickel is a rotational guy, you know, Shaman Willis or something like that. Like, forget the nickel. Let's just say two corners. Um, it's going to be Keenan Ellis on one side. The other side, I don't. Is Micah Harper fully cleared yet? Even if he is, he will still be kind of hobbled. I think it's probably going to be Caleb Hayes, the transfer from Morgan State. I, I agree. I think it'll be Caleb Hayes and Keenan Ellis. I think Keenan Ellis is going to run away as the best corner on the team. Caleb Hayes is very, very good. Isaiah Heron and D'Lo are my two behind them. And pick a side; it doesn't matter. That's a that's a good quartet. And then Micah Harper, uh, I. I haven't heard his name. I haven't heard if he's cleared. I know that he's like posted pictures and stuff that makes it look like he's cleared, but I, I haven't heard for sure, sure that he is or isn't. So I don't know what to really expect there. Yeah. I don't know what to expect either. I mean, obviously there have been clips in camp of um, you know, Quentin rice has made a few plays. Uh, Jacob Robinson is on the roster now. Um, you know, Jacques Wilson um, was banged up last year, but he's another good athlete um Shaman Willis has gotten run the last two years um and then Jalen Vickers is in there as well like back on the rest home from his mission um and playing again now and obviously you got George Udo who spent got time at both corner and safety and a little bit of running like that nickel like hybrid position which is probably that's the best spot for him to play is that hybrid position but um so there's a lot of bodies there but it definitely is Keenan Ellis and um he, oh, and D'Angelo Mandel also, like, is no slouch. Who's done great in his, you know, the time that he's gotten. So it's it, – it definitely, I think, is Keenan Ellis and Caleb Hayes will be the two – the lockdowns there that are going to be the bulk of the rotation. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And the good thing about this opening game for BYU is that Arizona is suck, trash, awful bad. They are – they are not good. They don't have a quarterback. They have two quarterbacks uh and neither which one means of them you have no quarterbacks <laughs> yes which is true and and their their choice of the two they had jordan mcleod who BYU you saw a little bit of before he got hurt against usf a couple of years ago who's a mobile guy but jeff jed fish has elected that his two quarterbacks are not jordan mcleod it is uh gunner Cruz and will Plummer, who neither of them are statues but they are not mobile guys so you've got a two quarterback system down there in arizona with two quarterbacks who are kind of the same it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out i think that team's going to be a mess i like jed fish way more than i thought i would as i've listened to him and you learn a little bit more about his philosophies Uh, i love 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 don brown we've talked about don brown i think he's a fabulous defensive coordinator but they got a long road ahead of them before they're winning football games and in week one outside of the element of surprise they don't have much going for them and so byu if they can't solidify some of these position battles here in the next week i think that this game will lend itself an opportunity to 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 kind of figure out some of these position battles so yeah that's good. So, Arizona sucks. That's also good. Yeah, so Will Plummer last year, I mean, Grant Gunnell was the starter. He transferred to Memphis, um, and after he got hurt, Will Plummer came in, played in three games last year, uh, was 43 of 80 for 388 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. So 54% completion, A uh, you can't decide. Uh, a zero percent, uh, zero touchdown to interception ratio, and uh, average four point nine yards per attempt. Not good. Gunnar Cruz is a transfer from Washington State. Uh, he obviously transferred, and because he did not get a lot of playing time at Washington State, um, and I think he was only at Washington State for one year, and then transferred. Um, um well i don't know he might have been there for the covid i don't know i can't remember so he hold on i'm pulling up his 24 uh, 7. Uh, let's see he was part of class of 2019 so he like redshirted in 2019 then got his covid year and then now transferred to uh then transferred to washing to arizona and is a uh redshirt freshman after he got beat out by a true freshman, Jaden Delora at Washington state. So it's neither of them are, you know, inspiring a ton of, uh, you know, no one's inspiring a ton of confidence in either guy in the fact that neither of them separated themselves at all is concerning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, completely agree. So uh, c- good opportunity for BYU to make it. it's a P five win. And, and as much as we all hate it, that's that matters. Right. So, make a statement when to start off the season. Good, good opportunity for Jared Hall. We'll have a ton more on Arizona coming up next week, but for now, suffice to say every indication is that they will suck. Um, the last thing we really want to talk about is, is just a couple of injury rumors. Well, I guess when we, we have one more thing, but uh, we, we talked about Chaz IU sounds like he's going to play. Um, injury, act, injury rumors, you know, Kua, lots of rumors floating around. Sounds like he has a hamstring injury and hamstrings are funny, right? Like sometimes even severe hamstring injuries, guys are able to get back on the field in three, four weeks. Other times they linger for a whole season. Like I did with Gunnar Romney during his freshman season. And it, even if he's on the field, it's, it's debilitating. So, uh, TBD on the severity and obviously the coaches aren't going to talk much about it but it sounds like Puka is going to miss at least a couple of weeks. Fortunately, that is a position group that BYU could afford to to have an injury or two on, and they have an injury or two with Puka. And then Samson is still trending towards playing, but it has not been full go yet, and here we are a week away from from traveling down to Vegas. So uh, there's some issues on the injury front, mostly at the wide receiver position everything else appears to be pretty okay that's that's good i mean there isn't the only major major injuries right as Braden cosper broken arm he's done for the year um he had flashes in camp he had flashes in camp last year but he still was kind of buried like he would probably be like the fifth or sixth guy on that receiver depth chart and this staff is kind of shown like you know last year you had Romney Milne and Pau who got like 80 percent of the reps right like they're not they're not doing the robber and i you know rotating 700 receivers you're lead, out uh, you're gonna have one really good receiver and then a bunch of guys with 400 yards right you know 300 yards spread across eight different receivers like that's not the way this staff operates and then um you know miles Davis with this foot um it will be out for a bit you know but even then that's he was fighting to be the third or fourth running back behind katoa and algier and you still have hinkler and jackson mcchesney and sione female on the roster so both of those it's not like they're puka being out for a couple of weeks is the first like oh this really sucks injury hmm. that we've had and, and that's it, it, and to have just one and just in the receiver's position this is a very very good camp right and so it's uh, you know we were coming out of camp extremely healthy and eh, that's a good thing uh, I'm watching an ad for a cubed pillow right now and I am incredibly intrigued I, I don't feel like I can justify the cost but walk me I want to walk you through this Garrett so the idea is that a regular pillow it you know it's round and your neck always has a little bit of a kink in it when you're laying on it and that's true I, I have felt that kink many many times but this cubed pillow it is like a square thing it says for side sleepers to keep your neck more neutral yeah like an i don't know it's obviously an ad it's meant to be compelling but i'm pretty damn compelled i mean are you gonna buy one well i'm looking at the cost oh it's 60 dollars they're not cheap okay but let's hop over to amazon and find the chinese knockoff cube memory foam. So this is well. important stuff folks. Like I know this I'm not the only... hey, you can, you can get one for $29.90. Oh, there's one $16.45 on Amazon. I don't want to go with the cheapest one. Do you really think that that's good quality? It's memory foam. It's all coming from the same factory. Well, okay. And it's just a giant block of foam. I uh, I made another purchase on Amazon today. I, I put it into a little video and tweeted it out in response to a tweet. In in light, I guess in celebration of Jared Hall being the starting quarterback and rocking a new mustache and a gold chain, I bought a gold chain. I've already got a mustache, didn't have to buy that, but I did need to buy a gold chain. It was it's a cheap, cheap gold chain, and I'm not entirely sure if it's going to actually wrap itself around my neck, and I know that I can't pull it off, but I'm going to do it. The As long as you embrace it, right? Like, I mean, can DJ Khaled really pull off his gold chain or are no. we just used to it? If you do it long no. enough, people will get, you'll get used to it. Where did you find a cube pillow for cheap? What did you search for? I just searched cube memory cube memory foam pillow on Amazon. Ah, that's the, the memory foam. Uh, not an endorsement, not an ad, but I, I'll let you know. I will return and report on the foam pillow because i am going to purchase it because i'm fat and i do sleep on my side and i get a kinked neck and if this fixes that you need to send me a link though because i'm getting different search results so i need you to help me out here um the do i will send you i mean i don't how do you miss this i search Cube, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm on phone. I'm on my phone. You're on a laptop. Maybe it's pulling back. Different. I mean, there's literally like hundreds of options here. So here, I'll send you. Uh, I'll find one that's moderately priced with a decent number of reviews. I appreciate that. Uh, the last thing on our agenda here is Cougar Day. And if you want to get your special somebody a cubed pillow for Cougar Day, maybe that is the purchase for them. And you can put a nice uh BYU pillowcase on it. That's gonna be the challenging part. How do I find a pillowcase for this? Uh. <laughs> open up the open up this link. I sent it to you on our Discord. Jeff and I Jeff did laugh today that we noticed at one point today he had shared a video with me on TikTok. I had messaged him directly on Discord because you can do like public things or send a DM. He had a Twitter DM because he shared a tweet we one of us shared a tweet with each other plus a text message. Did we talk on Instagram? I don't <laughs> we were had we had five different conversations going at a time. Um, but let me show. I just look at this. Oh, that didn't taste well. If you look at like the second to last picture in this. Yeah, ad, I was just ridiculous. looking at that. What is this porn pillow that you sent me? <laughs> I don't know. That was the one with the good reviews. I just opened it. Um, uh, is a little scandalous for the Amazon ad. Um, it is, but. But Cougar Day. Okay, so I I did my Cougar Day shopping already. Um, I went to the bookstore earlier this month when I was, last time I was up here in Utah. And I have got my clothes. Uh, you know, we've got I have Christmas stockings. I have BYU Christmas stockings that we will put out. I will help my daughter write a letter to Cosmo. I will get up in the morning next Saturday before I leave to go to Vegas and I will go buy some maple donuts for Cosmo and snacks, like an Easter basket, so maple donuts for breakfast, so everyone has a cougar tail, and an Easter basket, you know, a stocking full of different game day snacks and treats and things to eat during the game and new clothes for the season and other sorts of BYU paraphernalia to start and ring in the new year by Cosmo making his stop at our house. And he stops at the houses of all good little Cougar fans all across the globe to bring them new things and I've heard people call it Coogsness that's just wrong no don't say that it's Coogness oh that's weird it's you can't why? you can't try to force like you can't try to it, force holiday names like that that it that feels too forced it's got to be just a natural, it's, it's, it's the Cougar same Day. it's the same as the people who are up in arms that the elk is taking off and sticking it's the people who are like oh his last name is Rex why are we not calling him T-rex or oh I Rex and Dominus Rex that's just a pun. It's a crappy pun. New names need to live on their own. If they're good enough, they live on their own. And making it Cougarmas, that's, that's, no, that's a pun. We're not here for puns. Cougar Day is a glorious day and it is good enough that it is worthy of its own name. It doesn't have to be knockoff Christmas. It's friggin' Cougar Day. Right. So- and it's, it's good in that it's also, it's generic enough. Like I've told, friends like I've got you know a couple of friends who are uh, a good friend of mine is a Clemson fan and a Clemson alum and I told him about it and he was like oh that's awesome I'm gonna do Tiger Day and the Tiger that their mascot doesn't have a name it's just the Tiger he's like the Tiger's gonna come to my house and he did the same thing I've talked to people from other schools and they're like oh you know this is great like even I was talking you know some of the friends that I have or guys that I know that are 49ers fans when I had my season tickets out there their big day. I mean, they don't do it at the start of the season, but I've told some people like, Oh, we're going to do that because we're the Charlotte 49ers. And so they were like, Oh, their mascot, Norm, the Niner. Like they did the same thing with their kids on April 9th. Cause the date was four nine, like it's 49er day. And so like it, it can be applied to every school and is not this like forced punny name. Just embrace it for what it is. It's wow. a day to celebrate the Cougars and it is not the birth of anything. It is not celebrating Star Birth. It's just it is the day that we are here, and we are going to eat an enormous amount of food. We are going to teach our kids that they must behave, otherwise Cosmo will skip their house, and that is way more important than Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. All of them combined, Cosmo is the most important. And wow. it's it's Cougar Day. Couldn't say it any better myself. Um, so please, people, buy our stuff buy stuff for cougar day you can buy an isaac rex shirt from give them help Brigham.com for we Cougar have, Day. we have all give em heck shirts available in infant toddler and youth sizes that's so true. If, if you want to have a euphemism there for your little you wanna, one you want a primary aged appropriate shirt we've got it we've got it all Uh, This has been a fun episode, man, and it feels like we've been on the phone for like three hours because we kind of have, but this has been a a quality episode, and I'm excited about it. I'm also excited that we have our new new motto, so everybody, spread your legs, not COVID. Spread your legs, not COVID. And give them hell. And give them hell. This was a great episode, and next time we talk, Jeff, it's going to be game week. The off-season is officially over. It can be put to bed. Oh, thank goodness. Hallelujah. Until next week, give him hell.